Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Today we are going to be discussing anger and how to distinguish between the roots of our anger and how to deal with that, come to peace with the frustrations in our life. Yeah, so I think kind of as we start, I think it's really important just to go through the spiritual definition of anger as we defining anger. I think it's important to look and see what the church says about anger Um, The Catechism of the Catholic Church says that by recalling the commandment, you shall not kill, our Lord asked for peace of heart and denounced murderous anger and hatred as immoral. Um, And then the seven deadly sins today by Henry Fairley refers to anger as a disorderly outburst of emotion connected with the inordinate desire for revenge. It is likely to be accompanied by surliness of heart, malice of forethought, and above all by the determination to take vengeance. So this really implies that the sin of anger is that desire for harm, um, revenge, pain, uh, killing somebody's spirit even. And that's really, when you read the definitions, you think, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I have experienced this, this anger and this rage, how, how scary that is when you take a step back and you see the damage that it can cause. I mean, the catechism goes on to say that to desire vengeance in order to do evil to someone who should be punished is illicit, but it is praiseworthy to impose restitution to correct vices and maintain justice. If anger reaches the point of a deliberate desire to kill or seriously wound a neighbor, it is gravely against charity. It is a mortal sin. The Lord says everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. So can we get that one on like a wood sign and put it over our fireplace? <laughs> right, I know. Say so everyone who is angry oh. with his brother. No. Or where we go to stew, because I'm one of those people when I'm really angry, I have to go for a drive. I have to get out of the situation to be able to cool down. And um, our bedroom door and our bathroom door don't have locks. So mm-hmm. the only safe place at that point is in the car driving around and... Sitting in a parking lot. Anger is something that I'm deeply interested in as we have four very passionate people in our house and a very passionate small people person who has just been born as well. And so anger and these various daily iterations, the smaller iterations that come with anger, irritation, um, pettiness, you know, starting trouble among siblings, siblings. angry comments and things don't go our way, these daily little ways that this deadly sin plays out in our lives are so little, but they're no less deadly. And I think that's something that I've, I've, I've realized and have, and have been studying and trying to think about over the last year. So I'm really interested in what we're talking about tonight because I think it's the biggest way that anger shows up in my life is irritation. And I, I think that moms are literally irritated every day of our lives, <laughs> maybe all day. And I think of that quote from Little Women where, you know, Joe is talking to her mom about her passionate, fiery nature. And she's like, oh, I just can't control it. I'm such a mess. And you, you know, you don't understand. And she's like, no, Joe, I do understand. I've been angry every day of my life, but I just didn't show it. And she's like... I never would have thought that about you. Mm. 
And I just, I feel like it's something that as, I don't know, maybe it's not just being a mom, but as just a woman in general, it's something that shows up in my life a lot. It's something I teach about because it shows up in my life a lot. And I just want to share how I felt, or I felt that I could conquer it. But I, I don't feel like I've quite conquered it yet. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that I wish that we talked more about as Catholics because it's really a big problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even looking at my own kids and how they deal with anger, some are more explosive and prone to outbursts, physical outbursts, and then some are more um, the stewing type, the boiling type. And that's, you know, when I first met my husband, I thought his family, that they all hated each other because they're an outburst kind of family. They're like outbursts, but then it's done, they've moved on, they've healed. And that's it. Whereas our family, we would have a a serious problem with each other and we would be passive aggressive. (laughs) You know, so anger doesn't, we sometimes associate anger with a a violence, but sometimes it's a passive aggressive violence that's very subtle, but just as destructive Mm -hmm. as if you were throwing punches. It's the gossip and the trying to destroy somebody's reputation or it's the, um, the slow withdrawal of relationship with somebody that that tends to be destructive and um, and that's really you know it's okay to feel angry to feel yeah. wronged I I get very upset at perceived injustice for example yeah. um, but when it starts to manifest as a as a violence whether that's through aggression or passive aggression that's where it really starts to not only destroy relationships and and people around us and become that mortal sin, but also destroys us in our relationship with God. One thing that I've always heard, and I still believe this, is, you know, God can take your anger at him. Like when we're angry at God, which I always have been from time to time, Mm. whether it was serious or not. Mm -hmm. um, God can take your anger. You know, we hear that you go ahead and get angry at him. But then I heard the other day that there is a point where your anger and your persistent defiance and anger at God can actually cut you off from him and become a mortal sin against God, even though you have done nothing. Because what you're literally saying is, I refuse that grace. I refuse relationship with you. Mm-hmm. You cut yourself off with God because you're so angry with him. And, you know, I'd always heard, oh, it's okay. You know, you're angry, God. It's all right. Which, and I think that to a degree. The toilet flushing in the background. Flush your anger down the toilet. That's what you have to do. There's no room for that. Well, I'd always heard, you know, of course it's okay. And yes, of course you can get mad at God and spout off. I mean, that's, that's who, he's our dad. It happens. But there is a point, I think, and I've seen this in some of the lives of my family members directly, where your anger does completely cut you off from even perceiving that he's active in your life. Mm-hmm. And it scares me. And I'm just going to be super vulnerable um, the way that I, like, I'm, the way that I deal with anger, oh, um, I don't know about y'all, but, like, I tend to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've hurt me, I will back way away from you, like, and I will just throw up a wall. And this is when, this is my, a weakness that I have that, thanks be to God, I've had a lot of success with fighting this and overcoming it. But my natural tendency is to just throw that brick wall up. You can't touch me. You can't hurt me. And, of course, you know the people you live with feel that wall go up. 
yeah, there's a temperature in the home, whether we'd like to admit it or not. And a lot of times it's the female that sets that temperature. <laughs> and that's not to throw moms or women under the bus because I'm not, I'm not about doing that. But I know for me, I, I worry about the ways that anger has actually done damage to my relationships without me even realizing it. And it's just something that, I don't know, I really want to conquer completely in my life. Well, I've noticed that when I'm angry, I make it my mission to tell them why I'm angry. So, I mean, what's that common word? Nagging? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it's like, because, you know, we hear about, well, if somebody hurts you, you talk, just talk about it. But I end up, instead of having a conversation with my family who may have hurt my feelings, I just tell them why I'm angry. And if that makes any sense. I mean, I guess in a way that's okay, but there's no conversation. I'm just talking at them, mm -hmm. which may be one reason why sometimes I have a hard time getting them to listen to me because they start to tune me out because that's all they hear all mm -hmm. the time is, is the nagging. I also withdraw, and that causes issues because if I'm upset, I try to walk away. You know, we, we've been told that those are good strategies, too, that you walk away so you can get your composure back together and come back. But my children follow me. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no getting away. I was reading recently about just experiencing the moment and then letting it go. <laughs> acknowledge the fact that you're upset. Acknowledge the fact that you're hurt. And then people say, give it to God. But not necessarily, like, project my anger on God, but just say... And, that, and that's what it was, and now we're going to move on. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there are different levels of hurt. So some of those, some hurts are easier to let go than others, obviously. I've been trying to do that lately. but mm -hmm. Well, I think, too, you know, when, when you're letting your anger destroy your relationship with God because it's gotten to this point where you are withdrawing from Him, you know, I've had certain moments in my life where, where I've been angry and I've come to God with that anger. And it's in a way you're giving him a chance to do something in that moment by bringing it to him, by giving, giving him a chance to explain himself in the same way you would do with a friend or with a husband or, or somebody like, I am mad at you because this happened and I don't understand it. And God can bring healing to that. But if we're constantly just throwing stones and we're we're almost enjoying that anger, you know, Father Robert Spitzer calls that an eros of darkness. Sometimes we get a sick pleasure in being angry. Sure. Like we fuel it. We like the drama of it. He says we have to interrupt that and, and say a prayer of thanksgiving. And one of the things that I tend to do too is rehash arguments in my head and replay them over and then reenact them. And then when it comes time to, you know, to share like with my husband or with one of my kids, you know, why I was so upset, it's a, I've already rehearsed it and I'm not allowing grace in that moment to respond to their response because I'm so ready with my script and my case. And I should have been a lawyer. I would have made a lot more money and I could have done this for a living. I could have got paid to do this. Um, but it's you know, stopping and saying, and, and I've been trying to practice this, like, just stop, just stop everything and say a prayer. Is it going to hurt them or you if you're not explaining every single nuance of why you were upset and instead accepting and receiving and, and giving mercy in that situation? Or even like, you know, we think of God, uh, God of the Old Testament, and how he's described as, as an angry God. And 
people say, well, I like the God of the New Testament better because, you know, he's nicer than the God of the Old Testament. And people forget that that anger was not towards uh, evil. <laughs> that anger was towards justice, anger at us hurting each other, anger at um, the, the crimes against humanity that we we're perpetuating, that anger is towards justice. And there's only so much that God's going to take of us continuing to hurt each other so much so that he allowed himself to be the recipient of that anger through the cross, but how he destroys that brings new life and resurrection. Um, one thing that God has been dealing with me about in building relationship with my kids and my family, and this is not just my kids, actually, actually, this has a lot to do with my relationship with some of my siblings too. Um, I worry about, the way that my children internalize my responses to them. One of the things that I worry about is that, especially in times where I'm frustrated or or, they, or I'm angry or something has gone down and I withdraw from them to catch my breath, which sometimes I need to do. But I also wonder if that sends a message to them that anger is dangerous, that I could lose someone's love or connection. Mm-hmm if I'm authentic right now. So so I, I worry that if I don't learn how to deal with it in the moment that I'm triggered, that they could see that as every time I really do something, mom's reaction is so over the top that I can't really be myself around her. I'm going to hide these parts of me from my mom. Mm-hmm. That translates to hide these parts of me from the world. And I, I just feel like in, in our house especially that we have to be really on guard against a sense of isolation or loneliness, even in our own, mm-hmm. and the ways that I, as a mom or as a wife, am perpetuating that. But it also, I think, modeling then the apology. Yes, absolutely. You know, that's yeah. the thing that I, actually, Lu- Lucia, my daughter, she said to me the other day, I love it when daddy apologizes to us. And I said, oh, really? Why is that? And she goes, it makes me feel important. <laughs> you know. Aww. And yes. it was like her oh, father important. humbling himself yes. to say, I'm sorry I reacted this way. I'm sorry I lost my temper. I think that that, that closes the, the question of, well, if I behave this way and my parent or my spouse or whoever gets mad at me, they're going to abandon or they're, you know, or, or, or whatever the relationship's going to be over. I think that's where we, we have to model. The justice of this is I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you know, and yes. the justice isn't always I can fix this, but it is like I have a desire to heal this relationship. Well, and a desire to change my behavior because that's the other thing that we talk, that I talk to my kids about when we're talking about apologies it's one thing to say I'm sorry, but then go right back to doing the same behavior, because at that point you're not—if you're not even trying to change the behavior—then the apology is kind of mute, if that makes any sense. So, you know, the apology is the first step, but then there's also the attempt of changing behavior. And we're not perfect; we're all fallen. So, it's not—you're not going to be great at it every single time. But there has to be an attempt to change the behavior so that it's better the next time. And sometimes it's, you know, there are certain things that I have had to accept 
are not going to be the way that I would do things or the way that I want things done, but that if the person is making a sincere attempt, that has to count also. Um, that it's a sincere attempt to change. And in, in myself, too, I know that I have certain reactions to things. Certain things trigger me like a messy house. I, When my kids trash the house, I get really edgy and impatient. And, and I realize, like, I, I want everything else around me to change and not always ask for help in changing how am I reacting to this. You know, doesn't does a destroyed house? Thank you, six children. Does a destroyed house have to always push me to the edge? No, it doesn't. Great it question. doesn't have to push me to the That's edge. My big trigger too. Ugh, it does a lot of times. But I, I'm learning slowly and painfully that there are things that I can do to help control my own reactions and almost always everything has to do with prayer and sometimes it's so simple in the name of Jesus help me not to explode right now um very quick yes help me Lord gosh I must say that a hundred times a day yes because I just feel I don't know if you guys and I'm talking to the listeners I don't know if you guys feel this way but I feel woefully unequipped to do what God has called me to do (laughs) Like, I, I, I literally feel like he's nuts. Like, why would you give me the jobs that you're giving me? Mm-hmm. This person who is so wounded and so and healed, too, like we talked about in another podcast, but still limping. Man. I mean, like, I know that leg ain't never going to be right again. You know, like, it's, mm-hmm. I just feel completely unequipped to mother these children. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've said that to the Lord in the shower because it's always where I just, Sorry, my lot is when I'm being, you know, I I just, I don't have what it takes. And he's like, of course you don't. That's why I did it. My grace is sufficient. You cannot do this work without me. And if you try, not only will you fail, you will harm those around you. When he said that to me, something broke in my heart and I realized I am completely unable to do anything without the Lord Jesus right next to me all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think what you said right there, just the reliance on the Lord, I, you know, a lack of anger does not equate with holiness. So exactly. I, I've known some people that are so non-confrontational, you never see them angry, but they are very uh, wounded inside. They carry a lot of anger. It's just stewing underneath the surface. Um, and that all needs to be taken. Like suppressing our anger is not holiness. Absolutely. Um, but it's giving it over to the Lord and saying, like, I'm really mad right now. And I need your help to forgive this person because I cannot. And, and we pray that in the Our Father. You know, Jesus specifically gave us, us this prayer where we're asking the Lord, you know, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. We're asking for his mercy to help us also forgive one another. Um, and if Jesus gave us those words, it must be pretty, pretty important in our. One thing we started life. doing with our kids when we pray to our Father. Sometimes we will allow a very long pause after as we forgive those who trespass against us. And the reason why we do that is because we want them to call to mind all of the people that infuriated them today, mostly siblings, also mom, 
-hmm. possibly dead, and bring that person to that prayer Mm -hmm. and actively forgive them right then Mm -hmm. with a face and a name. Because we say that all the time, you know. Forgive us, forgive us, we forgive us, trespass against us. We don't even think about real people when we pray, but that's the point where it's an as we, it's an active verb as we are doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. And that has really helped me. And I originally just started doing that on my own every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has helped me. Yeah. And so I shared it with them because, like I said, yeah. there are, I live with four exploders mm-hmm. and I'm a steward. Who has trauma from explosions when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There is a lot of triggeredness happening in my heart on a daily basis with these angry Well, and if that's the measure by which we are forgiven is how we forgive others. Like, yeah. we got some work to do. I know. That's a well, whole other podcast. Yeah. Yes, so it let's is. Let's delve into that. Well, and I was just about to comment on that, too, because I heard, I, I was watching... I don't remember if it was a book study on YouTube over the pandemic or um, if it was a podcast, but the priest that was doing it talked about how if you have people that you have not forgiven, you can't enter into heaven. Mm -hmm. So, and so like our entrance into heaven is all based on forgiveness. Are for us being forgiven of our sins and us forgiving those that hurt us, mm-hmm. and and like you, yeah, like you just said, it's just a, it's a lot of work to do, and, and I love how you incorporate that at the end of your day as part of your family prayer is to think about those people who hurt you during the day, and to try to actively forgive them, or just That's even so give beautiful. it over to them because mm-hmm. sometimes you can't feel forgiveness; mm-hmm. it's not a feeling. It's absolutely an act of the will. Yes. I can tell you right now that there's plenty of people that I prayed for that I'm still super mad at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not about feelings. Well, and know? sometimes it's ongoing. It's ongoing yeah. issues. Like, I have... So, it was crazy. I was at this conference, and they were praying over people for healing. And I had had... Sometime in another podcast, I'll go into it, but I had had an emergency surgery by this physician who judge me for having a lot of kids not having traditional insurance because we have a health share permanently has scarred me i will never have um this particular scar go away it's like my second belly button i we always joke like mom got an extra belly button um and and i really struggled with that not only with how it looked but also just being so furious with how i was treated by the hospital how i was treated by this doctor and so they were praying for healing. So I went like, please pray for me for healing. This guy did this shoddy job on this surgery. I don't even, if he did this on the outside of me, I don't know what he did on the inside. Um, and they prayed over me. And I like, I left as soon as I could to go look in the bathroom and see if anything had changed and nothing had changed. And I was really sad, but I thought of the doctor and all of a sudden I didn't hate him. Mm-hmm. And I realized that was my healing right there. Like God, you know, removed this burden of hate from me that I could not get rid of myself. And then all of a sudden I didn't want to destroy him anymore. And I've, I've prayed for him actually sometimes. And 
And we, and then later, because I thought if he did all this damage on the outside of my body, what did he do on the inside? And I was convinced we weren't going to have any more kids. And this lady prophesied to me at that meeting, you're going to have another child. And I, I didn't think so. We got rid of all our baby stuff, you know, and, and I said, it's probably impossible. And then we did end up having another child. And so it's just the sign that God's with me. And when we're hurt, he's hurt. He's angry for us. But he's also very merciful and wants to take that burden um, from us as well. So, I like how you said that forgiveness isn't a feeling. Because I always think of it as even if you're frustrated or irritated or still angry at somebody, you still will their good. Yes. That's what I consider forgiveness. A lot of people, like you said, think forgiveness is like, I just, I feel happy about them now. No, no. it's not a feeling because you can still be hurt by somebody, but the forgiveness comes from willing their good, praying for them, that, that God is still taking care of them and protecting them, even though you have this hurt that they... Yeah, and even just repeating... You know, it's one of my favorite prayers is just to pray in the name of Jesus over and over. Like, in the name of Jesus, I forgive this person. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of anger. Because sometimes it's not, it's it's a demonic attack. It's not even a situational thing. You just feel this anger, this anxiety just pent up in you. Um, that causes all kinds of problems in our households that we have to call it out and just say, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke this. Because you're changing your focus. Because when you're angry, your focus isn't on God. So when you say your prayer, you're refocusing back on what's important. You're focusing on Jesus and asking him to take care of this. And that refocus is powerful. I think it's important to remember, too, that God's whole plan for humanity, it it never was the plan that we would be away from him. His idea of love and life is doing life with him, depending on him, asking for his help, invoking his grace, all these things that we're supposed to do to be divinized as humans and to have joy and happiness. That's like what he is. That's his thinking here when he made us. That was his plan, his design. That's why he put us in this garden and he walks with us every day in the garden. And then all of that got just bananas. But even now, you know, that walk back to Eden, so to speak, that we're all doing sort of as we as we transition to this the next phase of our existence in heaven is, you know, we're supposed to rely on God and whine at him and beg for his help and, <laughs> and receive his blessings and receive his instruction. That's kind of how we're supposed to be doing. And a lot of us feel like, I know I feel like a failure when I can't cut it on my own. And that's actually the very definition of success as a human, is to completely fail and rely on God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Not living in this sort of self-sufficient illusion that any of us have any of this figured out. Because mm-hmm. we don't. Mm-hmm. And, and social media makes it so much worse. Because mm-hmm. it's such a highlight reel of all the, the people we think we are that we're showing to the world. Mm-hmm. Lick. You know, I do it too, you know, because you want to share the happy moments and you want to share your joy and and your goals because it reminds you of who you're trying to become. But actually, it's really messy Mm -hmm. and contradictory and hypocritical Mm -hmm. and prideful a lot. (laughs) And we just need the Lord to to just go through that with that water of his spirit and just cleanse us. But 
And, well, and when you brought up social media, I think too, there's, there's the opposite of that in, in a way too. Like we we're, we're, we want to show the best, but then when we do bring our anger or a situation, I've done this and I've had to publicly apologize for it where I bring a situation and I'm looking for validation in that anger. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for not healing. It, you know, it comes under the guise of healing. Does anybody have any advice? Because this happened. And then you'll see, like, especially in a lot of women's groups, you'll see just that affirmation of anger. Yes, mm-hmm. you should be angry. You should do this retribution and you should do this and you should hurt them this way. And it's like, wait a second here. Like if we are really trying to be, you know, followers of Christ, we can't bring other people on board our vengeance train, you know, if we're really seeking healing and then, and and catching ourselves to not fuel another person's anger when we see how destructive it is, like complaining about spouses, even like, oh yeah, you should be totally angry. You should do this to him. Instead, I think there's a fine line of saying, I am so sorry you're going through that. I have been through that too. That's not right that that happened for you. I'll pray for you, even if there's no constructive advice, but just to reorient ourselves and each other towards healing. Yeah, I struggle with that because when when people I love are hurt and angry, I'm very territorial about that. And I get very mafia. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, yes. You're more angry for other people than you would be even for <laughs> yeah, yourself. I, mean, yes. I get very, especially with people I love, I'm ready to just jump on that oh no train you know um and i think um i confuse that as a woman i confuse community with colluding with the enemy against someone's joy mm-hmm. <sighs> you know yeah like and, and that doesn't mean that you have to you know be like Adam, you're not supposed to be angry at all your girlfriends and you're mad yes be there for them but i wish that i did a better job of just in my attempts to be there for someone to lead them to the to the heart of God for healing rather than just being like, oh my gosh, you know. Yes. <laughs> There's a place for that too. But mm-hmm. but I, I hear that word of edific like you don't even mean that to be a word of correction. But I heard that in my heart, you know, mm-hmm. because I do that. I get really when people hurt the people that I love. And I wanna sympathize with them mm-hmm. and, you know, commiserate with them. And I, I need to be better at doing that and and mm-hmm. saying let's just let's take that back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a great book. I, I'm kind of flipping through it as we're talking now, just because it's it's so good. But it's called Overcoming Sinful Anger by Father Tom Morrow. We actually, David and I, fun story. So we met on AveMariaSingles.com, and Father Tom Morrow led their retreats. So we got to work with him a couple times. So he's really a really good priest, but. Um, he has a great little book that just very precisely and constructively talks about um, expressions of anger, what's sinful, what's not sinful, what's oriented towards justice, and what's oriented towards vengeance. Um, which I think maybe we, we might want to distinguish between justice and vengeance. Mm-hmm. Justice being what, what, how would we define justice? Well, justice being what is the right action in the situation um, versus or where somebody, you know, like a consequence for an action that meets the crime kind of thing versus vengeance, which is destruction and bent on the motive of destruction. Justice is, is oriented towards reparation and healing. Vengeance yeah. 
yes. towards destruction, um, retribution, punishment in this validation. Sense. Yeah, validation. So what I feel like we're saying is that anger left unchecked can turn into mortal sin. And we need to, acknowledging that we're angry, acknowledging why we're angry, not necessarily telling other people why we're angry, but acknowledging why we're angry, and then offering that up in prayer and letting Jesus take that um, over and work towards healing instead of living in the anger and letting it grow and perpetuate and turn our focus away from God. So as many times we've said in other of our podcast, prayer is the essential key here. And um, and we're going to say it many, many more times, I'm sure, because really when you boil it down, prayer, focus on God, focus on healing, focus on love, and walking with each other on a journey to heaven is really key to forgiveness and healing.